Happy Halloween, Jade, you cock-juggling thundercunt. Yep. Yep. Although we're recording a day after Halloween because uh, I was so busy uh, on Halloween that I had to delay it. Me too, mm. kinda, but... No, I yet. had... Like, I, I went <laughs> to work dressed as Eliza uh, all day and then uh, did my D&D session where we explored Mount Pyre and caught ghost Pokemon and Phoebe's grandma. Uh... And then, nice. um, then I had to do the the Animal Crossing event where they they were all begging me for candy and giving me some exclusive items for it. Um, I went to a small family party, mm. um, and now my eyes hurt because there was a fire, and I'm yeah. a sensitive person, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So that was my Halloween. They had a good mm. cake, though. So that was nice. <laughs> and they didn't throw the cake in the fire. No. Uh, it might have actually smelled nice for a second mm. before it got all burny. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> cakes are supposed to be made on the grill. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's the natural... Mm. That's the natural yeah, way. Yeah, that's how you get that smoky flavor in your cake. Um, <laughs> you have to you have to use the um, applewood. Mm. Uh, put some applewood chips in there. Get it. Get that nice. Uh, I don't actually know. Yeah, I, I don't cook, but <laughs> I overstepped my bounds. Um, I was kind of stealing a bit from one of the Adventure Zone uh, one one shots. Well, I mean, I steal enough jokes too, so I can't really get on you for that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, people should go listen to the Dadlands. It was a fun episode. They make a joke about cooking pastries on the grill like God intended. <laughs> don't fucking tell me what to do, Jade. Mm. Well, I mean, you told me to watch Blade, and I did it. Yeah, and how did that work out? Yeah, they were fine. I think I'm going to be relying on you to have most of the thoughts about them because I wasn't like I, I paid attention but not full attention and they like they were they were fine you know they were fun action movies. Um, I ended up I bought a, I, a, a used copy of four. It's Blade one two three and Blade House of Cthon. That one wasn't on our list, so I didn't watch it. Which one? I I have no idea about that one. Is that um? I think it's a different it? actor because it's not even, like on the back it doesn't list like who the actors are in it. Is that like a direct-to-video um, or DVD at that point? Probably. It's unrated. Is that like a... Okay, yeah. That must be like a direct-to-DVD one that they made yeah. to... Um, try to squeeze uh, the last bit of money out of that franchise yeah I mean it look I'm it looks guessing. like it's it's a different guy playing Blade in it yeah well um, hopefully it's better than the Scorpion King sequels mm. yeah no, I, mean, I like Scorpion King 1 but all the ones after range from like fun, dumb sword and sandal adventure to just really bad. Yeah, 
like just an excuse to have I, like I, I a wrestler watching. star in a fantasy adventure. Yeah, I all I remember from like the little I've seen of it is that I remember them having like some really f- bad looking CGI backgrounds. Mm. Um and that's literally all I remember. Yeah, no, I I have seen them. I remember thinking five was kind of fun but two three and four were just crap (laughs) you gotta get through the bad stuff to get to the good one that is five yeah i mean five is one of those like low budget you know like the the castle that they have is clearly just like a castle like a european castle in the countryside but they're trying to convince you it's in babylon because that's where this is supposed to be happening but it, it that's the only <laughs> castle they had to work with and they just you know rented it for a day and shot their inside shots and outside shots there but the, like the actors like in it, it they, were they... like charming enough and having enough fun with the material that it's not a slog it, it'd be funny if it was like scorpion king 9 and they have to film in japan for some reason mm. and there's a japanese there's like a 17th century Japanese castle yeah. <laughs> and they're like oh this is East Babylon yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what were we talking about Blade yeah, I really yeah, like Blade, Blade. shut yeah. up <laughs> yeah I mean like of of the movies you know I mean I didn't think 3 was that bad like I can see you know like the, I think the first Blade did the most with Blade as a character like he actually had like emotional moments and stuff uh like when whistler dies yeah and then in the second one whistler undies and because he was such a good actor they had to bring him back and then like the second one i think like it didn't do as much with blade as a character but i probably like it the best because just like all the creature effects and stuff that guillermo del toro does um it it felt more grounded than like like the CGI in Blade One is, you know, very late '90s CGI, but like the effects in Two hold up a yeah. lot better, I think. Yeah, like I, the the way I look at it is that Blade One, like, it, it's it's kind of like the rest of the, um, like comic book franchises. It's like Blade One, they set up the character and like show you what he mm. can do. And and the the sequels they don't really feel the need to do that, so they they just throw him in uh, a different story and let him go from there. Yeah, and it's like they're all you know trying to deal with the idea of it's like there's vampires in the world, but they're trying to like find or create like something better than a vampire. Like again, the second one, it's like old. Yeah. more powerful vampires and in the third one it's like they're trying to like genetically create a new one that it turns out was what blade is all along anyway yeah like they're they're all just really jealous of blade the, like the well I, I guess we we should probably say the purpose in case people mm. haven't seen it or heard of blade which i i don't know if you're listening to well, this well i mean they, they must yeah they must have seen the 90s spider-man the show and you know the episodes about blade and Morbius and stuff. But, yeah, Blade is half vampire, half human. He 
has all the strengths, none of the weaknesses. That yeah, all that well, yeah. Jazz, I mean, he he has um, the weakness that he still needs blood, but you know, it's, it's like he still needs to feed on blood. He uses like a serum so he doesn't have to kill people to get it. But um, he can go out in daylight, unlike vampires who just explode into a bloody puddle if they go out in daylight. Yeah. And he can eat Italian food, which is nice. Mm. Yeah, that's very All important. Garlic. I don't even know if... <laughs> It'd be funny if you just see Blade, like, sitting in a, a pizza shop. Mm. Like, with, with some garlic breadsticks. Uh, like, just to show off to the vampires. Mm. Yeah, he runs out of silver arrows, so he um, takes a regular arrow and just dips it in garlic sauce and <laughs> shoots him with it. <laughs> yeah, he d- <laughs> he keeps he keeps uh, cloves of garlic in his uh, in his overcoat mm. and just throws them at vampires. Like, yeah, it was, actually, it was interesting in the uh, second one how they did kind of the same thing they did in X Men Two, where it's like, so we established these guys are the bad guys, but now you have to team up with them because there's a bigger threat who's threatening both of you. Yeah. But then they also. But then it then the bad out. guys are turning on him anyway, and they have to like fight both. Yeah. The the string of like the, it it gets kind of weird in play two about who is supposed to be the good guys and bad guys at any point, mm. but like not in a. It, it seems like somewhere before the third act they're they're like wait um oh yeah blades here let's just blade backstab even him friends now. with again yeah like i like it, it's obvious that his alliance with the regular vampires is uneasy the whole time mm-hmm. but like who is exactly playing who at that point is kind of weird to, yeah, to, I, I, I think know. I had to I, stop I and look up the wiki summary partway through it on like the second and third one to see. Okay, wait, where? What's going on here? Who, who are these people? I mean, I, I think what happened is that the the head vampire, the Nosferatu-looking mm. guy, um, um, was like trying to play Blade against his mutants vampire son who uh and he was using his daughter as like a um what's the word like a like a middleman um Mm. like to play them against each other so he basically pissed off everybody yeah i i think i think that's the yeah because i think he was like experimenting to try to make because you know, ever like the sequels, they're always trying to make a new Daywalker like Blade. So he was like experimenting on his son to try to make one, and he turned into that weird alien mouth thing. Um, and then yeah, wanted to kill it, all it, the vampires. It's like so a combination. Blade's help to go kill his son, so he had to play them against each other. Did Did you notice that the 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 vampire? The mutant vampire design is like a cross between a vampire, predator, and alien. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because it's like the predator mouth, but then there's the little mouth inside the mouth. Right. It, it's... I don't know if that was on purpose, but... Um, 
That's just something I mm. noticed. Uh, but yeah, um, Blade One's my favorite. Mm. I don't know about you, but I mean, I think like two. I, you know, I like you know a lot of the visual stuff, but I think yeah, one had the best like character moments and things. Yeah. Yeah, like one is Blade One's like an actual like decently written movie even though it's kind of you know like late 90s cheesy yeah yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's a vampire action horror movie yeah i but like i i actually like uh, oh what's her name was it karen maybe i don't I, remember i, I don't, watched him like a week i ago. kind of feel bad about no- <laughs> yeah me too I kind of feel bad about not remembering her name, but I, I I actually really liked Karen in that movie because she she is such like not your average um, woman in an action mm. movie because women in action movies are usually useless, and she actually like she actually does a lot and not not just in like a token. Um, you know, action movie woman way where she like knocks one random mm. guy out, or has a fight against the um, one girl character. Right, even though she does do mm. that, but um, <laughs> like she actually has like her own motives and uh, feelings about the situation she's mm. in, which is that. Uh, so at at the beginning of Blade Blade One, um, she's bitten by a vampire that Blade failed to kill. Mm. So he obviously feels bad about that. Um, oh, and by the way, <laughs> I, I I like at the beginning when the cops shoot Blade. He's like, "Motherfucker, you out your damn mind." <laughs> I, I don't know why that got me, but it really did. Because, probably because Blade is like this quiet, brooding, giant man. Mm. And then out of nowhere, he just gets like really, really mm. into it. Um, and that, that shit cracks me up. But, uh... So B- Blade saves her and brings her back to um, his hideout where... Uh... Whistler, like, injects her with, what, like, garlic, um, garlic extract? Yeah, some anti-vampire thing. Yeah, to try to, like, burn out the vampire blood in her before it turns her into a vampire, I I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the anti-vampire MacGuffin thing, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it technically doesn't work, mm. but, but anyway, she's a, she's like a, a doctor who f- fools with blood, so like she she eventually like creates her own um, anti-vampire mm. serum, and also one that makes vampire blood explode. Yeah, yeah, they just <laughs> pop like Which blood is... balloons. Yeah. They they blow up like that guy from um oh god uh Big Trouble in Little China mm. 
Um, do, do, do you, have you seen that movie? Because that that's one. I I have seen it once. I need to watch it again. I think. There's, like, there's I, I remember one, that it inspired Mortal Kombat. Yeah, it 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 very obviously did. There's a guy who controls lightning with a straw hat and everything. Yeah. But there there's a one of the villains in that movie. I don't I don't remember how, but I I I think he gets like a magic overload or something. And his head just keeps ballooning until he explodes. Mm. And it, it's kind of like that in Blade, except more bloody. Mm. Yeah, um, but it's all CGI, so it's just like yeah, blood. And not the the computer effects in Blade One are awful. <laughs> like, mm. I mean, I think they're awful to like a funny degree, but yeah. also they're they're just plain awful. Well, the 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 body. The body burning um, effects weren't that bad, I don't think. Mm. Like relative to like the blood effects, where um, <laughs> those yeah, were really I, rough. Yeah, they still hadn't really mastered liquids. Yeah, like the the effects definitely do get better as uh, the movies go, but that that's about the yeah. only thing that gets better. Well, well, I mean, because the second one was Del Toro, and he does all practical stuff. Yeah. The I think the uh, the action in two was better than one, but mm. and like the the setup and I mean, you've got like Ron Perlman um, as like the the Blade's rival vampire. So I mean, like, how could you not enjoy that? Yeah. Yeah, and I had to look that up because I knew he'd been in a lot of Guillermo del Toro movies, and um, I, I guess they were like friends. And he was in like one of del Toro's first movies from like the early '90s, I think. I, I, I've made that connection a lot, but I've never like actually looked up um, why or like when they met. Yeah, because I was wondering, you know, if it was you know that like. Ron Perlman became a star because of being in Del Toro's movies. It seems like not exactly the other way around, but it, it you know he was he was doing stuff before meeting Guillermo del Toro, and then he has been in a lot of his movies because they were friends after the first one they did together. Yeah, I mean, I, I... but he's also done a lot of other stuff on the side, especially like voice acting things. I I know. Um... Ron Perlman was like the Beast in like a live action Beauty and the Beast. Um, what was mm. it, a mini series or like something? In like the seventies or eighties, yeah. Y- yeah, I, I think in the eighties. So, like, I think he was like on the Hollywood radar, but not like a, you know, not even like a a B list star. Mm. Um, but I I think uh, I think Guillermo del Toro um, like becoming bigger like in the in the 90s and 2000s kind of like propelled him to that level yeah like that's that's when they put him in hellboy is like yeah. the leading role god we should we should watch how there's so many movies <laughs> i want us to watch mm. but we mm. still have to do like spider-man and x-men at some point so 
Yeah, I was looking at something yesterday. There was, like, memes from, like, the Avengers movies and stuff, but there was one of them. Oh, yeah, there was that one you yeah, sent me. Well, yeah, was, I, I sent one, but, good. The, but there was another one where they, they referred to, um, I mean, it, it's the picture of Hulk saying, like, it's like I was made for this. But um, the the you know thing that like blurb they have before that picture is like uh, when your friend calls you and you know, says you're gonna like marathon watch the Holy Trilogy, and apparently Holy Trilogy is a nickname for the Raimi Spider-Man movies, and I <laughs> I don't know when that became a thing, but I guess it's a thing. That that like like the reputation of Spider-Man Three has risen so much in the last. 15 years or so that even that one's not considered bad yeah I'm, i guess I, mean, I don't know i never hated spider-man 3 but it, it also it's very flawed yeah i mean it you know compared to like the first two it's just kind of a clusterfuck that you know rushes at the end you know, yeah like they, I, they do the whole symbiote suit storyline pretty well and then uh it's like oh we got 10 minutes left we still haven't done venom uh, we'll fight him and then die. He dies. Yeah. It, uh, I mean, it it feels like what it is. It feels like a a good Raimi movie that kind of got off the rails by Sony shoving things in. Yeah. Which is exactly what it was. But, yeah. Because because I mean, like, if you if if you think about the way it goes, it, it kind of like got set up the same way spider-man 2 was where you know like doc ock wasn't an evil guy he was Mm. a good guy that just had a traumatic experience Mm. which is what they were setting up sandman as um yeah like i'd heard sandman and vulture were what raimi wanted but then you know sony and avia rad were like no we gotta make a venom movie because people want to see venom yeah and then which to be fair i did want to see venom but (laughs) <laughs> also, I mean, you know, when you're forcing a guy who doesn't want to do that to do that, that that's a recipe for disaster. I'd rather see Raimi's Vulture than Sony's Venom. Mm. You know? Um, or rather, I'd rather see the Vulture that Raimi wants to do than the Venom that Sony wants Raimi to do. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, like, all that it. considered, he still did a good job with the symbiote storyline thing you know it yeah it hit all like the plot beats it's supposed to it's just you know the whole it you know eddie brock is like they're trying to make him like a dark peter parker so he ended up being more of a dweeb than he is in most other versions um yeah but like it it's it's kind of similar like again like it's kind of similar to what they did in Spider-Man 2 where like like in in Spider-Man 1 they're like oh Peter caused the death of Uncle Ben and now he's sad now he's gonna fight crime because of it mm. um, and in, in Spider-Man 2 uh, he's like uh, Octavius caused the death of his wife and now he's sad now he's gonna kill a bunch of people to try to mm. prove that he was right all along mm. Um, and then they kind of just reused that for Eddie Brock, but made him irredeemable in the end, which is kind of weak. Yeah, I mean, especially, you know, when that was, like, the trend for most villains in 
honestly, still is kind of, you know, the trend for Spider-Man villains, that there's, like, something redeemable about them. Yeah. Yeah, because even, like, Vulture and Homecoming had that. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, because, like, even... Like, even, like, Mysterio, like, he... He's... He's a straight villain, and he doesn't even care to be anything else. But yeah, I mean, also, yeah, Mister, like he's a villain, but he got fucked over by Tony Stark. Right. He 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 at least feels justified in his reasoning, even though he really isn't. Yeah, and like Norman was, I guess, you know, movie style schizophrenic. You know, he's got like this evil personality that takes over, but the Norman yeah, side of him yeah. was just kind of like abused yeah he was less yeah he he was kind of he's a Batman villain basically yeah. where it's like oh this person is mentally ill and obviously needs help but also yeah. he kills himself at the end so it's not Spider-Man's fault yeah 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 it's uh, like his evil side tries to kill Spider-Man and kills himself as his good yeah. side was trying to appeal to Spider-Man to help him. Why do we even need to watch the movies? Let's just talk about them now. <laughs> yeah, we've seen them enough times to remember them. So. Uh, Surprise, it's the Spider-Man episode. <laughs> Off of... Yeah. Well, I mean, like, watching them is to see how well they hold up in, like, current movie-making standards, I guess, but... I I imagine that they hold up super well, honestly. Like, mm. uh, um, aside from maybe like the the post nine eleven, like let's put a let's put a huge flag like every twenty minutes. Because um, mm. I I remember that was a thing. Yeah, like that. It was definitely a thing in the first one, and it was a thing in Amazing Spider Man one. I don't remember how much of a thing it was in 2 and th- like I think 2 when he's swinging around the city it might have been a thing yeah I, I I think even in like either Homecoming or Far From Home they had the whole like he's swinging through the city and like lands in front of a monument to the heroes like all the firefighters and police officers who helped clean up after the Battle of New York from Avengers which is clearly still a 9-11 patriotism thing it's just we've transplanted it to a different you know, fictional disaster. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like I, I get how they, they, they kind of had to do that, like in the early two thousands. You know, I, cause mm. I mean, like you're making a story in New York. Yeah. Um, I mean, with, with a character who is like intrinsically tied to New York. Yeah. So, I mean. It just seems kind of dated in 2020 where... Uh, yeah, I mean, even I by I, Amazing Spider-Man in 2012, it was dated. Yeah. But... Um, where, where are we going now? Should we talk about how kind of bad Blade 3 is? Um, yeah. Because it, it's... It's bad, but also there are good moments, and mm. I mean, the it has Ryan Reynolds. Hold up. So. Yeah, <laughs> it has Ryan Reynolds being Deadpool, like way before Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, Ryan Reynolds being introduced to comic book movies. Yeah, 
I don't even know like what roles he had in Hollywood before Blade 3, honestly. I know he's done a lot of rom-coms. I don't know if he was doing those before that. Probably was. Because, I mean, that was, what, I think that, 2006? That was, yeah, yeah. Because I think that's probably like one of the first action movies he had like a big role in. Yeah, like, I, I know he did, like, around that time, he did some, like, kind, like, semi, semi-serious comedies, like, uh, what, Waiting? Hmm. So, like, Where they're, comedy dramas? Or... Well, like, I, I mean, it, it was, it's like, it, that one at least is like 80% comedy and like 20% drama. Cause it, mm. Cause I mean, it's, it's like a really dumb comedy (laughs) about like, um, people working in a restaurant and like, there's a whole sub thing about the people, um, trying to show the other employees their dicks by surprise. Mm. Um, (laughs) but also, also by the, I I think Ryan Reynolds plays like a borderline pedophile. (laughs) Um, so that's, uh, that's nice. Mm. Um, I I made that weird. <laughs> I mean, I I can I'm just picturing it in his uh, like Deadpool voice that you know he's done for like every you know like the the Deadpool voice, the Detective Pikachu voice, the one character he played in Fast and Furious, like just that like happy friendly character saying really dark stuff. That's what I'm picturing. I mean, yeah, that, that's that's kind of his whole thing, right? Like, yeah, he he says all this, all this like shitty stuff in like a really calm voice. Yeah, like a kind of a goofy, but, like fun voice. Yeah. Huh. But um, what were we talking about? Um, Blade Three. <laughs> oh yeah. Fucking Dracula. <laughs> mm. Dracula's a fucking idiot. Mm. Like, I, what, what I can't get over is that he's supposed to be like this, this like god king of the world, or he wants mm. to be at least. But also, when, when those three jackass vampires, fucking Triple H, um, are interrogating Ryan Reynolds like he's the one that brings the kid in mm. like like he's he's just he's like a lackey that brings in the hostage like yeah i mean i i didn't realize that was dracula until i looked up the summary to see what was going on cuz i was confused yeah. and distracted they they call him drake yeah because i mean they acknowledge that it's supposed to be dracula but also yeah. They they call him Drake, so it's not like, oh, of course it's Dracula. They like they don't want to call him Dracula every five minutes for some reason. Mm. Because it just draws attention to how silly it is that Dracula is your main villain in yeah. your part three of your vampire series. Dracula's Dracula's a fucking supermodel with his shirt open, running down the streets of New York with a giant black man in all black leather chasing him. Yeah. <laughs> like the the moment when Blade like corners him on a rooftop 
and he just like jumps up on the on the side and then blade for no reason just decides to jump up on the the side of the corner opposite him mm. like <laughs> just i don't know it, it's really it's really corny i i find it funny but i i i think a lot of other people would just find it boring and annoying yeah and from reading the wiki i found out there's two endings to the movie like the original theatrical which is the one i watched uh dracula i guess while he was dying shape-shifted into blade to fake blade dying so the coroners go and check the body and see oh it's it's actually drake it's not blade um but then in the unrated cut uh when you know he shapeshifts back into drake he then gets up off the table and murders everyone in the room and i guess it was to set up for hey maybe we'll do another one and we'll bring him back and we'll bring blade back and have them fight again but then they never did yeah i i didn't look up like box office but i imagine that blade 3 didn't do that well Mm. yeah it was also a new line and i don't know at some point i think after that they got bought by warner brothers so that probably changed a lot of their plans yeah i i haven't looked into like the background of stuff like that Mm. but i well marvel apparently has the movie rights back i don't know yeah exactly how that happened but um, I assume they just lapsed because they didn't make any new Blade movies. Yeah. Kind of like how they got the Daredevil ones back because they didn't make any new Daredevils. Which I'm I'm honestly surprised about because like you could like I mean I know Blade isn't like a you know top tier uh, comic franchise, but like it it still seems like one you should be able to make profitable every you know five to eight years or whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, making direct-to-video stuff seems, you know, since, since it's all, like, just, you know, vampire movies, like, shot in, you know, dark, small, contained sets, like, yeah, you don't need a huge budget to do a Blade movie, I don't think. And, and like, it's not even one that you have to make genuinely good, you could just make it super dumb fun. Mm. Which is what a lot of, which is what a lot of like lower budget movies tend to go for anyway. Yeah. So I, like it. It's. I don't know. It. <laughs> it just seems really weird that they, but also there was apparently a lot of buyouts and shit in that time frame. So. Mm. Who knows exactly how that went down? Because I don't. I could probably look it up, but I don't feel like it. Yeah, I don't know, maybe they sold the rights back. Yeah, I mean, that's also possible. Because, I mean, Blade 3 came out in, like, 2006, and Iron Man came out in 2008. Yeah. So. And then Disney bought Marvel in, like, 2009, but then the studio stuff didn't switch over until, like, 2011 or 12. Yeah. So it, it's it's all kind of a clusterfuck. Mm. <laughs> To be honest, um, yeah. So, oh, by the way, the the um, 
The cock-juggling thunder cunt is something that Ryan Reynolds says to a female vampire. So there. That's why I said that in the intro. <laughs> mm. Yeah, as part of his many, many dick jokes. Or dick references that he does. Yeah. That... I mean, there were parts that came off like, oh yeah, a man wrote this. Because, you know, like the female character's like, stop talking about your dicks, I'm getting jealous. I don't have one too. <laughs> yeah, like she she actually says like it it invokes my penis envy yeah. or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it I I don't know if they thought that was going to be funny or not, but mm. it wasn't. Um yeah, I mean, it's David S. Goyer, you know. Yeah. Like any good stuff also, he's written, he usually had someone to help with. Yeah, I'm guessing he wrote all the dick jokes. Probably. They're not even that great as dick jokes. I mean... Mm. Nah, it's probably just like, oh, this like, will be shock value. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, they... They have a lot of cursing and shit in the, <laughs> in the first two Blade movies. Mm. But they don't... They, they just throw them all at the wall in blade three yeah yeah oh well, yeah because the first two feel like you know r-rated action movie kind of cursing and jokes and yeah. stuff and three feels like uh, almost like one of those like movie movies where they're you know trying to just <laughs> go for like, like hey if we curse a lot that'll be funny yeah like if we if we if we say fuck about um, you know, sixty times, then, yeah. then it becomes a thing. Yeah. Also, um, Triple H was a vampire, <laughs> and he wasn't. A, he was not a very good vampire. He couldn't even beat Ryan Reynolds in a fist fight. Mm. Also, there were vampire dogs. <laughs> no, yeah. That Ryan Reynolds just uh, just throws out a window. Yeah, and there was a blood farm where everyone was in giant blood bags. Yeah. Oh, man. I... I don't know. See, when I told you that Blade 3 was bad and stupid, Mm. but in kind of a fun way, like, I... When I was watching the movie, I was like... No, this is this is just bad and stupid. But then it got near the it, it got to the like the second half of the movie where all that shit happens. Mm. It's like oh now now I remember why I felt that way. Mm. Because it also um, what's her face Wh- Whistler's daughter. She was like a Disney Channel star, mm. <laughs> and then she's like just killing vampires brutally with a bow and arrow. Mm. God. Uh, anyway, we could probably move on from Blade because I don't know what else there is to say. The, um, oh, oh, the ice skating uphill line is maybe the best one-liner um, in action movie history. Mm. Yeah, it was in the first where, one. Yeah, at, at at the end of the first one, um, Blade is. He he's 
basically fighting the final boss after he transforms uh, into like a blood god and he's basically got him beat and he says some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill and then he roundhouse kicks um, a vial of blood poison into him and he explodes mm. <laughs> which is fucking awesome uh, but Blade 1 goes between like hard stupid and like a- actual trying to be drama mm. I don't know it works for me yeah Um, so what did you do over the past two weeks, Jade? Uh, um, well, I built a new magic deck. It's... Did you masturbate? Well, that too, but, um, (laughs) I built a new magic deck and it's the stupidest thing I've ever built, but I'm, like, I'm making some modifications to it, but I want it to stay (laughs) stupid because it's fun that way. Don't sell yourself short. You can build stupid things if you try. I mean, I, yeah, I, if I built a stupider thing, it would be non-functional. But this one is stupid, but still intended to be... Like, it has a win con, and that's the only thing it wants to do. Well, <laughs> it, 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 it's gotten some modification. Okay, so there's, there is an old card from the first joke set called The Cheese Stands Alone. And it shows this block of cheese with a face and, like, you know, muscly superhero arms and legs, and it's just standing there with this big dumb grin on its face. And, um, it's, it's a six drop that, um, it's a, if, if you control cheese stands alone and have no other permanents, including lance, and no cards in hand, you win the game. So, you have, so, like, when I first built, well, so the deck, most of the deck is, like, ramping to get more lands and drawing and discarding or just drawing or you're just digging through the deck as fast as I can to get the cheese and get the thing that will blow up all my stuff so I can only have the cheese. Um, so the deck, like, it has, like, five creatures in the whole deck of 100 cards. Um, it, it's just, you know, digging for the cheese, searching for the cheese, and then originally it was... I only had one way to win, and that was play the cheese and then play a card called Decree of Annihilation that exiles everybody's creatures, artifacts, lands, and hands, and graveyards, I think. Um, but not enchantments. So it destroys everything but the cheese. So I just play the cheese and then blow up everything on the board. But Decree of Annihilation is a 10-drop, so it's hard to get that much mana to do it. Um, I only did it once. Because I had another card that let me like cheat out a couple extra mana on that turn, um, but then I how do you even how do you even mm-hmm. survive that long? Um, well, since it's a multiplayer game, um, if everybody else is fighting oh, okay. each other, while I'm just digging for my cheese, then uh, <laughs> I you know because and also because I I did Iron Crag feat, which is it's a four drop that gives you seven red, and then you can only cast one more spell, so that gets me. Like three extra mana toward playing Decree of Annihilation, so they thought I was like three turns away from doing it, and then I did it. Um, Jade, I'm, but I'm not how I'm not sure how much you realize that that the phrase "digging for my cheese" is. Mm. I don't know if you realize how funny that phrase is. Well, that that's that's why I love this stupid deck because I just get to talk about <laughs> cheese and 
winning with the cheese and digging <laughs> for the cheese and um that's the title uh, like for, forget everything we said already uh, okay so the, for yeah the cheese. now we don't have to worry about what that would do to our seo if the cunt was in the title it can be cheese <laughs> instead <laughs> yeah but now you have to come up with a new uh title card well i'll, I'll just use the picture of the cheese stands alone like i already okay. have the picture um but yeah, yeah. So it was. So I I played it and then, um, you know, I, I can't remember. Somehow it came up that the I should probably run more board wipes in it. So my way of punishing people if they start attacking me while I'm searching for the cheese is I blow up all creatures on the board and then continue looking for the cheese. <laughs> so I've got a, a few cards like that in there now, uh, but otherwise it's still focused on getting the cheese. And then I've got two other ways to win now like the, there's a card called care of x spite it costs black you sacrifice all your creatures all your you know well you know, i think it's i know it's, you sacrifice all your permanents so you sacrifice everything you have on the board and discard your hand and do five damage to a player so by most respects this is a very bad card but if you need to clear your own board it's perfect um so the way I win with that is I have to play the cheese and then play a card called Oblivion Ring that exiles the cheese until Oblivion Ring leaves. And then I play the Caravex thing so that I can just sacrifice my Oblivion Ring and all my stuff, and all my stuff goes away and the cheese comes back and then I win. Um, <laughs> having nothing but the cheese. Um, alternatively, there's another card that I can't afford, so I've got a fake version in there because it's like 70 bucks, I think. Um, it's one called Academy Rector. It's an old card that, um, Jeez. it's a creature, and when it dies, or, yeah, I think it's just, yeah, it's when it dies, so it, it's, it's not just leave the battlefield, it has to die. When it dies, you can exile it, and search your library for an enchantment, and put that enchantment into play. So I play that, and then Caravex, sacking all my stuff, exile the Academy Rector, get the cheese, the cheese enters, and there's nothing else, and I win. So, I built <laughs> that stupid that deck, and stupid. I love it because it's it's stupid, but funny and unexpected. <laughs> it sure is. Like, I've built decks in a bunch uh, of different styles, but weird, janky decks are the ones I like the most. Uh, that reminds me of some uh, Hearthstone decks, where there's a, there's a, there's a card that's like... Um, this card that has a death rattle where, like, it's basically the same thing where if there are no cards in your hand or in your deck or in play, um, and the, the thing dies, you win the game. Mm. Um, so, uh, there, there, there's a bunch of different combos on how to set it off. Um, yeah, something one, to one of them your is. Deck. No, like you, you, the the best the best strategy is to just like play really slow, um, and survive until uh, like because you you basically need like a five card combo most of the time to to pull it off. Um, so I, I think the best strategy was to like just survive until you draw your whole deck. Mm. And then um, you have to wait a turn. 
there, there, there's a few types. Uh, I think there was one in Warlock where you. Oh shit! I don't. I don't remember. It's been like two years. Mm. But there was there's some kind of ah shit. I don't remember. Um. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Oh no, I I remember now. There, there was a there's a combo where you play um there it the the card was a mech and but it cost 10, which is the the most amount of mana you could have. But there were there were cards that would decrease the cost of mech cards in your hand. Okay. So you could play those and it would cost I think 6 instead. Um So you play that and then you play I think it was a three cost card that it, it was basically like if you kill this, kill also kill a certain um other also kill a certain other monster. Mm. Or so you would you would play the Mechathune, which is the, the card. Like you well, you would get all other cards out of your all out of your hand, obviously. Then mm. you would play Mechathune, then you would play that card and pick Mechathune. Like I think the 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 obvious choice um on a card like that is usually to pick an opponent's card or opponent's uh creature mm. and um and then kill it so like you're basically killing it, um an opponent's creature for free. Mm. But in this case, you would you would play the Mechathune, play that card, pick your Mechathune as the the creature that dies when the, your your second creature dies, mm. and then play a one cost card to kill the second creature, which would basically cause a chain reaction that would kill the Mechathune, and then you automatically win. Mm. Yeah, from killing all your own stuff. Yeah, which is kind of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, in a way, but also. Oh well, yeah, that's that's funny. what alternate win cons are. But I mean, they're also yeah. fun because people don't see it coming. But that that's the thing in Hearthstone is that it's like once once you get to ten ma- like once both people get to ten mana, like it's it's kind of like if you're if you're playing against a deck that is trying to play slow and survive and not even trying to um, deal damage. Mm. It's, it's basically impossible at that point to actually get enough damage on the on the board to kill them. Mm. So it, it's kind of like waiting out um, 15 turns <laughs> until they draw everything they need mm. and just win. So, like, it, it's, it's not just crazy and fun. It's also kind of annoying. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, I, I, I finally got a board big enough to actually deal some kind of damage to them. Oh wait, everyone's dead. Mm. Be- because Warlock has like six board clears and a mm. thirty card deck. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. Yeah. So they're just obliterating all your stuff when you get it out to keep you down yeah. while they get all their other stuff. And Warlock also has a big taunt card that turns into three smaller taunt cards, so you can't even attack their face 
Mm. You have to go through like 18 points of defensive damage first, which is kind of ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, I actually just remembered yeah. another game from the last two weeks. Uh, the uh, Pokemon uh, Crown Tundra DLC update came out. Oh yeah, I uh, I didn't play that yet. I kind of feel like I feel like I'm finally in the mood to play Pokemon again, so I might do that soon. Mm. Yeah, I'm. I'm think I should probably. I have a second account that I made on my Switch for um, exploiting some of the Animal Crossing things, so I can get like multiple Gulliver items and stuff. But um, are you cheating in a single-player game, Jade? What y- kind of fucking yeah, freak are it's, you? Um, I don't want a time <laughs> skip, so I would rather just when one of these events shows up, get multiple things out of it. Um, but I'm thinking on Pokemon, I should probably do that because the new Regis, there's y- you can get you know Regirock, Regice, Registeel, you know, um, as normal, and then there's two new ones. There's Regilecki, the electric one, and Regidrago, the dragon one. And they're in one temple, and you Weird. can only get one of them. You have to pick which one you want. But the Regis are my favorites, and I won't, so I think I need to make an account on the other uh, account, you know, on Pokemon, and then go straight to the Crown Tundra, get the level 70 Suicune that you get when you first, um, because in Crown Tundra, there are, there's some legendaries that you can catch out in the wild. Most of them you get through a dungeon that is like, you get to, they give you a Pokemon, you can't use your own. You have to take one of theirs. And you're going through like a randomized set of four uh, Gigantamax battles that lead up to a Gigantamax battle against a legendary. And your Pokeballs, no matter what kind you use, auto-catches every time. Um, so the battles you go through, you, like, your Pokemon don't heal, so sometimes you'll have to catch one and use that one instead, and you, you have to try to, like, get your type advantage correct when you go up to the final one to make sure you can beat it, but, so, um. So, so, Jade, um, it's a randomized yep. dungeon? So, would you say it's mysterious? Yeah. You mean, like, a mystery dungeon? So, would dungeon? you say it's a... Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got a new Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. We already got the remake of the last one, but um but yeah, no, yeah. The, so there's a Pokemon Mystery Dungeon that ends with a random legendary. I think it's always Suicune for the first one, maybe, but after that it's randomized. And yeah. you, you know, you can catch it without having any of your own Pokemon and I think I've read that it, even if you don't have the badges, it will still obey you. So you can just you catch yeah like people are saying like oh yeah the game's broken now because if you're starting a new file now you can go straight to Crown Tundra get a level seventy Pokemon and just steamroll everything. Um. So what they they let you go there like straight out out the train station? Apparently, because it's it's a DLC you can go there anytime even without completing the game. Yeah, that that is kind of. Uh... I mean, like, Pokemon single-player balance was never really great, mm. but, I mean, like, getting a high-level legendary right off the bat um, yeah, is I mean, a little it, ridiculous, even for Pokemon. 
Like, there isn't even a cost to go through the mystery dungeon, so you can just go through it six times and get six legendaries. Using Pokemon that you don't even own because you have to borrow theirs to get through it. So Damn. So I'm thinking of doing that with the second file sometime when I find time so that I can get Regilecki and have all the Regis. And also you need to have all five to get Regigigas, who is on the map, but you know you you need to have I think all five in your party for him to show up. So huh. yeah. So what you could have five Regis and like one random Pokemon you actually want to use? Yeah, I think I don't know because like, the way the Regis work in this, they have there's like a riddle or like a puzzle on the front of um, each of their yeah. like temples. So like uh, one of them says, you know, like they they're waiting for like a piercing cry or something, and you just whistle at the door and then it opens. Um, I I hope it's less obtuse than the actual Generation Three Reggie, oh, yeah. um dungeon puzzle yeah no th these ones are easy i mean one of them says pierce and cry and you whistle one of them says you need to have a living snowflake so you just put a cryagonal as your first pokemon um i don't remember what the third one with the registeel one was um or a regirock maybe i don't know um yeah like that th there's those and then um for the the two new ones, it says that you need to have the other three golems. So, you bring the first three on your party, and then you just touch the door and it opens. And then, you know, you have to like, make a note of... Because when you go into the dungeon to awaken the Reggie, there's like dots on the floor. And for the first three, it's just their own... You know, you run over each dot once and it lights up and then the fight happens. Um... For the final one, because you have to pick, like, you can see on the door what their dot patterns are, and you have to create the dot pattern of the one you want. And then you get to fight and capture that one, and then it locks oh. in that position. So to get the other one, you have to trade for it, or do what I'm hoping to do, and kind of... I'll have to, you know, go in the other account, get it, and then probably trade it to you or something, and then get it traded back to me. Yeah, I'm I'm probably gonna start playing again soon, so yeah. I can do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so which, which, I I should have done more of that. Cooler? But, hmm? Um, I like Rich Drago better, but yeah, I mean, like Regilecki is kind of. I mean, it, it, I guess it kind of looks like a ball of lightning with like lightning arms and legs that are like. You know, there's like, I don't know, like cords or something wrapped around it to separate them. Uh, so does it, does it look like that one Ultra Beast then? That was mm. just like wires and sparks? If it was more of a ball shape, yeah. Kind of like that one. Huh. Um, and okay. Rich Drago is like a big red ball that has like a... Dra it, it kind of has arms, but the arms are more like the top and bottom half of a dragon's skull that are, like, closing around its sides. So it's like if a Weird. dragon was trying to eat a giant gumball, um... <laughs> and its mouth got stuck. So... But I, I want to see these now. Yeah. I mean, don't show them to me. I'll see them in-game. Or yeah. at least one of them. Yeah, I mean, you, you can, you know, save and go back and see the other one, and then... 
you only get to pick one and then save after. But because I think I think it even yeah they they probably because of the auto saves and stuff you probably can't exploit it and be like I'm gonna catch this one, send it to someone else and then go you know reset my game and then go catch the other one and then get the first one sent oh, no, back they, to me. They make you they make you save when you connect to the internet. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you which can't cheat that? Which I mean, I mean they they've done that since uh, Gen One to try to stop uh, exploiting um, trade trades. Mm, yeah, because you could just do that with Mewtwo every time. Like I'm gonna catch it with a Master Ball, mail it to someone else, and then go back and I have a Master Ball again and I catch it again. Yeah, like it. Yeah. Also, they give you but, another Master Ball in case you use the first one. So I have two Master Balls now, and I don't know what to use them on. I mean, there was only one choice to use it on <laughs> in, in the original game. Yeah. Like, e- either either use it on the Sword or Shield Legendary, or, like, just some random random Pokemon. Yeah. Which a Quick yeah. Ball would work just as well on. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've been using Quick Balls for everything. But... Yeah, so I played they, some of that, I don't, I don't, but I've also been replaying Luigi's Mansion 3 because of Halloween, so that, that's been most of my gaming. Oh, cool. I haven't played Luigi's Mansion 3 because it looks different than Luigi's Mansion 1. I mean, it is, but I think it's better than 2. Um, like, it's still, it's one big house um, with, you know, like, things happening in it and, like, interconnected rooms and, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like it. It it looks like a good game. I it just like Luigi's Mansion One had has a very specific um, feeling mm. that I can't really express. That I don't know. Just really hits me. Yeah, I mean, like three has a lot more particle effects. So there's like a lot of just small debris that you can suck up. You know, or there's like areas yeah. that there's sand on the ground and you can like suck up the sand or like push the sand and move it around and make like a ramp that you can walk up. Yeah. Yeah, like three looks like an adventure game, whereas one was kind of like children's horror mixed with uh like I don't know, like almost like a detective um kind of game. Mm. You're, you're like you know, investigating the house. Yeah. Like, it was really, like, slow-paced and atmospheric, and that's what I liked about it. Mm. Yeah, I think 3 three does have atmosphere, but it is more adventure stakes to it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, Pokemon, I caught the Reggies that I could catch. And then I found the tree where the new Galarian form legendary birds are, and they all ran off to different parts of the world, and they haven't gone looking for them yet. Oh, they do that thing? Yeah. That's annoying. Yeah, one of them is in the Crown Tundra, one of them is in the first DLC island, and one of them is running around the like the open field of the main the wild game. area? Yep. Are they, uh, do you know if they're, like, visible, or if, uh, you Um, have to, like, run through the grass? I I would assume they'd be visible, but I'm not sure. I haven't gone looking for them. 
because I, I mean, like that. That's that's one of like my my least favorite things from like Generation Two. Even though it's my favorite Pokemon generation, yeah, is mean, that Gen catching... Three also did it with Latios and Latias. Yeah, like ca- catching catching the legendaries, the wild beasts in two is almost impossible. Because you 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 have to get lucky enough just to find them once, and then they run away. And then trying to find them again, yeah. And then they just run away. Like they they they're pretty much impossible to catch unless you know exactly what you're doing. I mean, I guess if they run away, now I know what two of my master balls will be used for. Yeah. But I mean, like you probably, you probably have Pokemon that out-level them and could probably like learn something to put them to sleep mm. yeah or like a shadow tag ability to hold them in place yeah just <sighs> catching pokemon's a lot easier than it used to be yeah because i think that the, the legendaries that you can catch in the wild are those reggies the three birds and there's a new one which I don't know much about. Um, I haven't looked into it. It didn't look interesting, but... Hey, how many new legendaries are there, by the way? Um, I think there's the two Reggies. There's the one that this region is supposed to be about. It's a, I don't know, like a goat thing with a crown or something. Um, and huh. then, and then yeah, there's the Galarian forms of Zapdos, Articuno, and Moltres. And it seems like that's it for new ones or new-looking ones. And the others are all in that cave of random uh, legendaries. Uh, well, as long as it's not too difficult to find them, that's okay. Because, like, even, even, like, the... Even X and Y, like, they, they did that with uh, the legendary birds... Where, like, you have to go find them, but, like, they, they're basically just stuck to one area, and you just look up where they are, and you can find them. Yeah, 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 I think that's what but, this one's doing, that they're just in a spot okay. in each of the three regions. Yeah. Which, I, I guess that's fine. It's, it's better than, like, trying to chase uh, <laughs> where they're supposed to be. Like in the mm. early ones, yeah. I I don't I don't think I've ever caught um, <laughs> any like this. Despite me playing um, like Pokemon Gold like twenty times, I think I only ever caught one of the three legendary beasts because I used a Master Ball on it. <laughs> mm. I know I caught them on Soul Silver. I don't remember if I caught them on Gen Two. Well, yeah, because it, it, it's... But by that point, it was a lot easier. Mm. Because, like, the... And regular gold and silver, it's like... Oh, I have to come across them, which is... Like, already a super low chance. And then they run away the first turn every single time. So you have to... You have to have a Pokemon out front that outspeeds them and also knows um, a move that will stop them from running away. Mm. Or you just throw a ball at them and hope. Mm. 
but yeah, I I like it better now <laughs> when you actually have a shot at catching them. Mm. Uh, yeah, I I played Castlevania Symphony of the Night for like the twentieth time. Mm. I don't have much to say about it. It's very good and also puts me in the Halloween mood, despite like not being super scary. Yeah, I mean it's it's vampires in a haunted castle. Yeah, like there there's a lot of like Halloween ish monsters to fight. Mm. Like a lot of like I, I think the blood zombies <laughs> are probably like the most like generic Halloween ish because they they're just slow moving zombies that like have found fountains of blood pouring out of them when you kill them. Mm. Also, there's a giant ball of limbs. Mm. That's that's fun. Yeah, I've played that game before, but I yeah. didn't get that far in it, so I don't remember much. Yeah, it, it there's there's a few points where it's kind of hard to figure out where to go if you you don't have a walkthrough. Yeah. Like I I played the first time and got the got the obvious ending, and there was like half of the castle that I didn't explore. And then the second time I played with the full walkthrough and I enjoyed it a lot more. Because mm. I, I mean, it, it's it's fun to go through and explore the first time, but also it's fun to, it's fun to actually experience um, all of the game. So. Mm. Yeah. So it has multiple endings. Yeah. There, there's like one. There's like one where you you get to the end of the castle and f- like you kill Richter Belmont, oh. and that's hmm. that's supposed to be like the bad ending. Hmm. Um. And but what you're supposed to do is like do a bunch of like side like kind of side quests basically to get goggles that let you see. Um, if you wear the goggles to the the fight with Richter, there's like a floating ghost ball that you uh, can kill, and it turns out it was Shaft, the magician, who was controlling Richter's mind. I think it was. Okay. Um, and then then you go into the inverted castle, which is the same map but with uh, more difficult enemies, and it's upside down. So you you can go through the entire castle again in a different way. Hmm. And is it Richter at the and end again, I, or do, is it Dracula? Or no, it's actually Dracula. I well, I I think there's actually two more endings. Like there's there's one where you. I, I I'm I'm I've only ever done like the the other endings once just to see what would happen, but I. I think there's one where you just kill Shaft and that's the end. Mm. And there's one where you like complete a separate puzzle and you get to fight Dracula and that's the real ending. Okay, yeah, cuz Dracula's living in the upside down after Richter kills him at the start. Yeah. 
Yeah, because like in in the original castle, the the whole goal is to get all the way to the top, which is where Dracula's throne room is. Mm. And uh, in the inverted castle, you're trying to get to the the room like directly in the center of the castle where Dracula is being imprisoned. Oh, okay. so it it's it's actually an interesting way to like. Um, I guess like inflate the the length of the game because mm. I mean it, it there's a lot that's similar but also it's it's different enough to where I don't feel like I'm just going through the motions again you know mm. yeah I mean like it's, it's weird that they new... would have an ending that happens when you complete only half the game yeah I mean it's like if you were playing like Legend of Zelda Link to the Past it's like oh you beat Aghanim and finished the light world the end and it's like oh but there was actually a whole dark world that had like twice as much stuff in it I mean that that, that is basically what it is I mean that's yeah like there, there's a lot of games that it's like oh you beat the game but now if you want there's like twice as much out there mm. if you want to go do it Oh yeah, like, but that's like, usually like uh, random assorted um like side quests and stuff. Yeah, well I I was thinking more like Pokemon Gen two where like oh you beat oh, Johto. Oh now yeah, if yeah, you that, want, yeah you that's another one, yeah. Kanto. Where, yeah, you basically get you or, beat the game after beating Or only like Dragon's the Dogma where like you beat the dragon. Oh, spoiler alert, you kill the dragon in Dragon's Dogma <laughs> and then so, like, if you want the game to be over there, that's fine. But if you want to, um, you could complete the post-game, which is like, mm. oh, since you killed the dragon, there's, like, apocalyptic shit happening mm. now. The sky is dark. Um, there's a giant hole that ate a third of the main city in the game. And um, if you want to, you can go kill God. So, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> But yet, like, there's not many that lock off the the whole second half of the game behind a a technically secret ending. So, should we talk about Mandalorian season two? Oh yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I liked it. It was nice. It was it was one episode. Spoilers, obviously. But I mean, it was spoilers for the like. like one second tease at the end of the episode. Yeah, like the, the pretty much the whole first episode is just like a mid-season episode from the first season. Like yeah, like he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like plot-wise, it's pretty much the same as the one where he trained all the villagers to fight back against the bandit walker. Except the bandit walker is a crate dragon now. Yeah, and. Like it's they, they they put him on Tatooine, um, like through story reasons. Like, oh, I need another Mandalorian's armor. Um, yeah, because all the other Mandalorians got killed at the end of the last season, at least from his group. He's like, oh, I gotta find another group, but they're all in hiding. And that one guy, and even like that, you know, the whole intro bit is pretty similar to like the bar fight in this first episode of season one 
Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, he's getting information from this guy, and he's like, oh yeah, I saw a Mandalorian out on Tatooine. And he's like, well, I was in Tatooine on season one, and I didn't see any Mandalorians, <laughs> but I'll go look anyway. Like, oh yeah, it's a secret village. Yeah. The, the village like, hidden oh, in village. the sand. It's not on any map because it got... But it's actually yeah, still but, uh, mostly standing. It's it's like one street. Yeah, it that that part was kind of weird. That like oh the the mining village is completely off the map. It got raided, and now yeah. nobody it, nobody even communicates with it. It might as well not exist. Yeah. Then he so, gets okay, there. So where they, do they get food and supplies? Yeah. <laughs> It, like it's a mining colony, like not a farming colony. Like what? Yeah, it's or, like or village. Yeah, they, they, sure, they they could get water from moisture evaporators, but I didn't see any kind of you know food that they'd be getting from anywhere around there. So they must be trading with someone. Yeah, and I mean it's out there. Obviously, that, wait, that my my tongue went dumb. Um, they're mm. obviously not trading with the Tuscan Raiders, so yeah, it's not like. I get Jawas yeah. maybe, like maybe the Jawas are bringing them food. But. Do Jawas trade in food? It seems like they only trade in like technology. Mostly junk, but eh, I guess they could. You know, the they just want money. Yeah, I guess. But like that, it doesn't really make that much sense because, like, why would you rely on like nomadic traders to? for your food supply it we're, we're kind of yeah. going off in the weeds yeah. but it 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 doesn't make sense if you think about it but that's not super important yeah no I they guess. just they wanted another story about an isolated village that needs help from an outside yeah. threat and well, they they wanted it on tatooine because they wanted to tie in boba fett yeah yeah because anybody and, who's been following spoilers about this season has known boba fett is coming back you know I'm surprised how many people were surprised, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, like, and I, like, and I had read that they were going to have like Cobb Vanth is a guy from one of the newer books. I haven't read it, but I had read in spoiler stuff that he was going to be appearing. That he's a guy on Tatooine who bought Boba Fett's armor from Jawas and started wearing it, and like it, it was fun. Like the intro shot with him, it's like clearly the armor does not fit this person's body. But um, yeah, he's wearing it like it like makes him look tough. He is not the imposing figure as like Boba Fett in the original trilogy. Yeah, he's like a tall, skinny guy wearing like a s- more average build guy's uh, like you know armored chest plate and helmet. Yeah, like he he's got a lot of uncovered area. Um, in yeah. that armor, that yeah, I mean, Boba Fett was never completely covered, as far as I remember. But like, he doesn't have like giant red undershirt targets, um, yeah. like the the sheriff, yeah, or marshal, whatever they call them. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So it's like like they. You know, I guess kind of set up a fake out for people who knew that Boba Fett was coming back if they didn't know the Cobb Vant thing. That is like, oh, they saw Boba Fett's armor, but actually it's this guy wearing it. And actually, Boba is probably dead mm-hmm. because his armor got picked up by Jawas. Um, 
Yeah. And oh, then, yeah, also, in the last second of the episode, you see Tamura Morrison, who, you know, if you remember that that's Django Fett, then it's like, okay, yeah, this is Boba Fett. Yeah. And his eyelid, or his eyelashes and hair, if he had them, must have gotten burned off by the Sarlacc, because he's just completely shaven now. Yeah, it... I, I mean... I, to be honest, I completely forgot Boba Fett was supposed to be in, in the season. But mm. then it happened, and I'm like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, the reports like, I, all I, sounded I, like this is the big cameo season. We got Boba Fett, we got Ahsoka, we got Sabine and Bo-Katan, and like every major yeah. Mandalorian and also Ahsoka showing up. Yeah, that that's... I, I think we talked about this. That's what I was kind of nervous about. Is that they yeah. try to bring too much of the um, greater universe into it? Yeah, and I'd say that concern is still valid after this episode. Like, they are taking their time and not just running right into it, but they're also not really wasting any time trying to get Boba Fett on the scene. So. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, I don't. It's like, what is Boba Fett even still doing there? Like, was he trying to get his armor back? Like, Maybe. is that why he was still on Tatooine? Like, uh, yeah, it, I mean, I'm wondering it, if they'll say what happened to his ship, because I think old canon was the the New Republic impounded it because it was you know there with no owner on Tatooine, and then they sold it at an auction and Bosk bought it. And then I think he got it yeah, back, like, but then it got blown up, and then he got a new ship. Yeah, what what I'm wondering is like, if if he's gonna try to chase down um, the Mandalorian, hmm. like he needs a ship, but he apparently doesn't have his ship because he'd presumably already be off planet if he did. Hmm. You know, like I'm. Like, it's it's early. Like I'm not trying to pick holes in this, but like yeah, like what is he trying to do here? <laughs> you know? Yeah, no. Like, I think it seems like they're gonna tie it into because you know Din Djarin, the Mandalorian, is looking for uh, other Mandalorians, so they'll probably get into like because Boba Fett's history with the Mandalorians in the current canon is. Who who knows what's going on with that? Like, he was a clone of a guy who was maybe or maybe not a Mandalorian. And, um, and he wore the armor. But we've never seen him interact with either the people of the planet Mandalore or any of, like, the secret enclaves like the Mandalorian was in. So we don't know what his history is with the Mandalorian people, if any. Yeah, I... I mean, I I generally take like a wait and see. Like, I don't yeah. like speculating too much, um, but yeah, like they kind of have an like, open like, canvas to work with the character and do whatever they think will fit. Yeah, probably, hopefully, I mean, it, it's you know, not the, like the main character's arc is still the focus, and this is just like another character intersecting with it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not like they have to have Boba Fett in a certain place for the sequel uh, trilogy. I, yeah. I mean, 
Now, by the sequel trilogy, pretty much everyone of importance is dead or will die by the end of the sequel trilogy. Yeah. I really don't want to get into that again. <laughs> mm. About how they killed all the major characters and then dragged one of them back from the grave so they could kill him again. Yeah. Um... <laughs> it, it, you know, it, it sounds really bad when you put it that way. Mm. Like, see, it, it's it's like comic books. Nobody can have a happy ending. Mm. It'll go on forever. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's just it's too bad that the new characters they created also kind of got run off the rails and don't seem like they have anything yeah. in the future. Character motivations widely change between movie to movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. I really don't want to fucking do this again. <laughs> but yeah. it, I mean, have you seen Rise of Skywalker so yet? We have to talk about it at some point. I mean, I, I don't. I don't. I don't, I, don't, have, I, don't I don't fucking want to. <laughs> That's the thing. Like I've I've seen and heard enough. Like I don't I don't fucking want to see it. So you, know, I, you don't want to see Ray Palpatine kissing Kylo Ren before he dies. No, I don't want to. Mm. Like, like, you didn't even have to make a good Star Wars movie. You just had to make a Star Wars movie. You, like, you just had to not fuck it up. Like, come mm. on. Yeah, but it, it's the it's part nine of nine, so they they had to take a big swing and didn't know what to do with that. They don't it's know nine of doing. nine for now. Yeah. It'll be nine of twelve in like four years max. Yeah, probably. I mean, technically it's like 9 of like 13 if you count the side um, movies, but... Yeah, well, yeah, it's 9 of the Skywalker saga, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, if you include the side, there's... One, two, How many side ones are... Do we count the holiday special as a side movie? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Because Rogue One Solo, Clone Wars was technically a movie. It was released in theaters. Um, yeah. And. I, it's technically a movie, even though it's just like it, it, three or four episodes. Yeah, it's the pilot the episode. It's like the three pilot yeah. episodes. Um. Yeah, so I guess there's only three other movies besides the nine. But then there's also the made-for-TV Ewoks movies and the various TV shows. <laughs> but there's also um, Star Wars Battlefront 1 and 2. Mm. Well, and yeah, Star that... Wars Battlefront 1 and 2. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're not even video games. There's so many of those. Let's yeah, talk like, about Rogue Squadron. Like, there's a guy I know at work who's talking about doing like a Star Wars campaign in the Fantasy Flight game roleplay book series thing. Um, and oh, I've decided no. if I'm in it, I'm going to have to be a Jedi Consular subclass Sage because that is one that specializes in knowledge and there's no way I 
can't be referencing every stupid bit of lore. <laughs> if I talk about, if I'm in a Star Wars thing, I need to have a character who would have an in-universe reason to know about the exploits of Revan and Malak and Darth Bane and all that old Republic shit. And I might you see if I just... can bullshit saying that I found a holocron from a Jedi who saw through the world between worlds into the other world, so they've seen the Yuzhan Vong and the legacy and all the stuff that is definitely erased from canon because it happened in a future that doesn't exist anymore. Jade, you are you are the expositor. Yeah. That is your job. Now, I'm sure I am insufferable in the media box now anytime someone brings up Mandalorian because... It's like, oh, oh, you, you speculate. It's like, hey, is Boba Fett a Mandalorian? It's like, well, okay. So, old <laughs> canon explanation was, flip a coin. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, he was a Mandalorian. Well, okay. So, if we go back to the '90s before Attack came out, uh, Mandalorian meant something different. Um, I mean, I guess it was a kind of a race in like the old Republic times, but it was mostly dissolved by uh, Civil War times but then um then they in the marvel comics it did exist and there was some other people running it and they tried to get boba back in and eventually he did get back in but then they said that he, actually he was never a journeyman protector on conquered dawn that uh well actually no he wasn't because he was jango fett's clone son but actually he became a journeyman protector later in life <laughs> and took on jaster muriel's name because jaster muriel was jango fett's <laughs> Uh, the guy who found Jango Fett as a foundling, which is still an aspect they kept in Mandalorian. He's, like, foundlings, that was still kind of a thing in how Jango Fett became a Mandalorian. But then in the Clone Wars cartoon that is still canon, they said that Jango Fett is not a Mandalorian, that he's just a guy who found the armor. The guy who said that seemed like he was lying, and I'm still convinced he was lying. Um, oh, shit. So... Jade, I love it when you talk. So that's why it's a very complicated question to ask if Boba Fett is a Mandalorian, <laughs> because <laughs> the explanation has changed so much over time. Jade, I want you at first. I want you to know that I was actually listening and interested, but then after you reach like minute eighty, <laughs> I just couldn't hold. I mean, it I did anymore. start jumping around to other sources <laughs> without much prelude, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh god Jade you're my favorite yeah. person now th they should bring back the there was a Mandalorian who was like a sports ball player from the Knights of the Old Republic comics uh, they should do a new version of that guy nice although it's it's weird in those comics because he's he's like one of the major allies on the team you know because it's another story of like a ragtag team with the Jedi is the major one, and then there's like a smuggler and a droid and stuff. And they're all aboard a ship together and they go on misadventures. So, Roland Dyer, the Mandalorian, is one of uh, the members of the team, but pretty early in the comic, he gets like knocked out by this evil scientist guy who goes around wearing his armor for probably like two thirds of the 50 issue run that that comic had. And then they find out that it was this other guy who was, like, wearing the mask all the time, and they kill him or something. And they find the real Roland, and then he's just friends with them, even though he barely knew them, because he wasn't on the team very long before uh, the, the other guy swapped out. So it's like, they have this guy who's, like, their best friend, but he doesn't know them, and they don't <laughs> know him. 
That reminds me of uh, of Beer Fest. Have you ever seen that movie? No. It's like it's like a dumb like sports movie parody comedy, mm. where like the, these five these five idiots um, join a beer drinking contest against some Germans, um, and like most of the movie is them training, and. Um, the Germans sabotage them, and one of the characters ends up dying. Like he, he like drowns in a vat full of beer. Okay. And uh, and like at at the funeral, like you know they're all depressed. Like it's the it's the the downtime of the movie. It's the what's what's the part where all the sad stuff happens? I forget. Mm. But anyway, um, like they're. You know, like they're finally getting pumped up. Um, like they, they, they basically turn the corner from being sad to being pumped up. Like we could still win this. And then the guy, uh, the guy's brother, who was never mentioned, who looks just like the guy that died, comes in, <laughs> and he says, and he's like, you know what? I'll help you guys win this competition. And. He's like, but what? But wait, are you good at drinking beer? Then, like, he he just like chugs a beer in half a second. He's like, wow, you're you're even a better you're even a better drinker than the other guy. And then they're like, and and, and then he <laughs> and then he's like, you know what? I like you guys. I I'll 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 join you for the competition, but I I think I want you to call me by my brother's nickname. <laughs> <laughs> In honor of him, so, so like, it's they like, kill the character. Yeah, it's like the moment in a D and D campaign where your character dies, and you just take the sheet and you write Junior at the end, and you're like, "I'm here to avenge my father." <laughs> and exactly. You have all of the same abilities that he had. Uh, we should watch Beer Fest. <laughs> we should watch every single movie that we reference. Mm. We we would never have any free time ever again. Yeah, I don't think it's on Disney Plus though, but it might be on Amazon no, probably Prime. Probably not. I mean, we have watched a bit of Amazon Prime this month because they have a bunch of you know free to watch, uh, crappy horror movies, and also Clue. I love Clue. We should watch Clue. Yeah, I I watched it already this month. So. Uh. Let's talk about Clue. Okay. I like the part where Tim Curry says the funny thing in mm. a weird way. So, so the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think Clue is like the perfect movie made just for my sense of humor. Mm. Just like a bunch of <clears throat> a bunch of characters um, with like very very specific traits. All. What's the best way? Like a bunch of characters, all with specific traits that, um, and like the 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 writing of the jokes just consistently uses those traits um, as the center of the joke. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it it it, it wrote good. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good character work. I, I think. I, just... I think. Mm. I think what I'm trying to say is that I like good writing. Yeah. <laughs> in my comedies. Yeah, I mean, there's like a lot of wry humor, but also just a lot of like 
kind of goofy, like screwball comedy. Yeah, like they they go they go between like good slapstick and good like cleverly written humor. Yeah, like character based humor, which is what I like. Mm. <clears throat> um. <laughs> so. Yeah, that that's our that's our clue review. Um, yep, on this blade episode. If you liked it, like like comment and subscribe mm. for more clue content. Yep, and review um, us on you know Apple Music and I guess it'd be YouTube Music now because Google Play is gone. Um, and all the other sites I'm not posted on because I'm only on Podbean. And if we reach 200 subscribers before the end of the year, we'll play Clue on stream. Oh, we could. I wonder how that would work in audio format. Um, Knight to E5. Mm, I'll have to look at my chessboard to figure out what that space is. (laughs) I don't... I mean, I know that's a space, but I don't think that's like an opening move for a knight. I just kind of pulled that one out. Mm. It's no, it's definitely not an opening move for a knight. I I know that. Yeah, much. yeah, they wouldn't be able to move that many spaces. <clears throat> no, knight to sixty-nine. Nice. Okay. Um, <laughs> we either we either need to move on to a new topic, mm. or we need to stop the show because it, it's. I'm annoying myself. Yeah, I'm not sure. Do I have any other topics? Mm. I think nope. That's the three topics that I had written. They're all covered now. Oh wait, we're going to talk about crate dragons. CJ. Oh yeah, tell me everything you know. Don't skip the slightest. Okay. Detail. Um. Me before. Well. Yeah, it's the first worm. appearance of a crate dragon it's tremors. is that big skeleton that C-3PO walks past in A New Hope. Um, the big, like, sea serpent skeleton in the oh, desert. Cool. That's a crate dragon. Um, which, that one does line up with the one we see in Mandalorian being more like a big snake. Um, but then in the, the video game, in the Jango Fett, you know, Bounty Hunter video game, and in Knights of the Old Republic... There's a crate dragon that shows up that's more like a Gila monster kind of thing. You know, it's like a very like squat <clears throat> dragon, no wings. You know, just like a big lizard. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like yeah, there's, there's ones dragon. like that, and you can kill them with just blasters. Or I can't remember if Knights of the Old Republic had you fight it, or if you had to like make a trap for it. Um, the the pearl that they get out of the dragon is a thing from Knights of the Old Republic that it's like Tusken Raiders have like a um, rite of passage of like you have to kill a a crate dragon and then get the pearl and that you know proves that you killed it Um, so in Mandalorian they had the whole thing of them like digging the pearl out of its guts Um, but yeah huh Um, I I was wondering what that was supposed to be yeah, and like like the sense. sound that Obi Wan makes to scare off the Tuskens in A New Hope, it's changed between versions of the movie, but it's supposed to be like the call of a crate dragon, um, and they do make that sound in. They probably actually I wouldn't be surprised if they made all the different sounds from the different versions, uh, 
when they're like trying to draw out the crate <laughs> dragon. That, that's that's cool. I had no idea what a crate dragon mm. was, but yeah, and I, I had forgotten that the Mandalorian I mean, knew how to speak Tuscan. That that was the thing that just happened like briefly in season one in the one episode they had on Tatooine, but in this one they went all out with it <clears> with him doing all the hand signs and the grunts. And... Yeah, I. I didn't even remember he ever did that, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I think what it was in season one, there's the episode on Tatooine, and you see just like in like a travel montage yeah, shot but... him talking to Tuscans, but you don't, you know, hear like any of the sounds. Yeah. It, it's actually kind of surprising that anyone speaks Tuscan, considering that they seem hostile to everybody, mm. um, usually. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, when, when I first... In the movies, they've always just been, like, these wild savages. In the expanded lore stuff, they tend to come off more like... Like, Native American tribes in the Old West. That it's, like, they seem primitive to everyone else, but they have, you know, their rituals and their culture, and honestly, they've been in that land longer than anybody else. So, yeah. Mm. Like, I, I mean, I know in Knights of the Old Republic, tu- like, I don't think anybody has, like, the actual vocal cords to speak Tuscan, which is why Revan needed HK-47 to translate for him. But I guess, you know, it'd be too complicated to have to have a translation droid following, you know, the Mandalorian around, so they just made it so he can make the same noises that they can. Yeah, I bet he has a terrible mm. accent. Yeah, and Tuscan. Yeah, I know he, he leaves out like pronouns here and there, and it sounds weird. There's like a like a helper <laughs> verb that's missing, and or it, it sounds like he's speaking backwards, <laughs> like Yoda. He, he flips his you know verbs and participles. <laughs> Oh, that's a great headcanon. When when the Mandalorian speaks Tuscan, yeah. he speaks like yeah. Yoda. He speaks yeah, he's backwards. just you know, mixing up some of the clauses in his speech. Oh, yeah. yeah, maybe not backwards, but like transposed um, yeah. sections of the yeah. sentence. Yeah. Uh, I like it. So, what's your favorite crate dragon? Um, I mean, I don't know that many... Like, can I say Darth Crate? He's not a Crate Dragon. He's a guy, but he's he he was a Tuscan, and uh, he adopted like the name of yeah the, <laughs> really? the 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 villain of the Legacy comics from 150 years in the future was a Tuscan Jedi during the Clone Wars, um, who ended after, after like the Jedi disbanded, he went back to Tatooine, and then Obi Wan found him and. Um, they got in a fight and Obi-Wan cut his arm off and then the Tuscans disowned him and he just kind of wandered the galaxy in shame until the Yuzhan Vong showed up and they tortured him for a while and then he um, became a Sith and called himself Darth Crate because the Crate dragons and their importance to Tuscans and and then he like raised a secret Sith like cult um, and used I don't know some like meditation techniques or devices to prolong his life so that he could, you know, still be alive a hundred years in the future for when he was ready to unleash his one Sith on the galaxy. Uh, 
<laughs> I mean, that's and, that's and he cool. has a lot more like you know, personality idea. than any but... crate dragon I've seen because the crate dragons are all just you know big lizards. Yeah, it is. It, it's it's basically just tremors. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess I would have, you know, for, like, most visually interesting crate Dragon, probably the one from this episode of Mandalorian. Um, for, but other, like, honorable mention to the one in Bounty Hunter, because that one is basically Gardula the Hut. It's like her version of uh, Rancor, is that she has a crate Dragon that she feeds people to. And hmm. Django pushes her off of her throne, and she gets eaten by your crate Dragon. Oh. That's sad. Yeah. But then I think she came back in something else, so I don't know, maybe it spit her <laughs> out. But in the game, she's supposed to be dead. And then they realized, oh yeah, Gardula the Hut, that's one of like two huts that we have mentioned in the movies. You know, nothing bad could have happened to her, right? We can bring her back. Uh, I mean, I, I imagine that's like Boba Fett escaping the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, well... They just came. So, but we want to have more stories with that guy. Yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll probably find a way to bring Darth Maul back from being killed a second time. <laughs> how, how did he die the second time? I forgot. I still haven't gone back and watched uh, Clone Wars. It was in the Rebels cartoon. Oh, okay. Yeah, because he's, he's around through the end of Clone Wars. Like, the in the season, like, series finale, they show how he... You know his like little empire on Mandalore got taken down, um, but he escapes and continues to do criminal stuff up through Solo, and then sometime after that, that all falls apart, and he's just like a crazy weirdo um, who ends up finding uh, I don't know. Th there was something there was like a Sith holocron that like Ezra found, and with with Darth Maul's help, because Darth Maul was like his dark teacher for a while but then he found out from, uh, the like the combined i think the sith holocron and a jedi holocron and it gave them a vision of the future and maul saw that obi-wan the guy who he wants to go kill is hiding on tatooine so he went to tatooine and then when he found obi-wan he realized oh you're protecting someone here so they had like a samurai standoff where it was just like one strike and you know um, Obi-Wan got the faster cut and killed Maul and so he died on Tatooine <laughs> so did he like chop him in half again or like vertically this I, time? I think he stabbed him through the heart or something Oh, it, well. because it's rebels it's like a kid show so they don't show the injury but yeah. you're supposed to assume he's dead I mean, that's exactly. But as they'll good probably bring him back Eddie. for merchandising. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't. I've got a mechanical heart now. Yeah, I mean, like that. That death happened before his appearance in Solo, which was in the past, but still, it's like they they killed the character and then brought him back for another thing. So, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like, well, we want him to show up in Mandalorian and or its spinoffs. So, um, he's back now. Right. Rebels is no longer canon. <laughs> yeah. Or they'll it's just bring him back from time. the dead again. Yeah. yeah. That wasn't yeah, the no, real I've... Darth Maul. That that yeah. was his brother, Darth Saul. 
Well, his brother already died. That was Savage Press. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, maybe he had another brother, or it was his crazy clone. <laughs> because clones are, you know, they could always, yeah, they just like, oh, we took some of his genetic material and made a clone of yeah. Darth Maul. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll call this one Darth Paul. <laughs> <laughs> You think? Do you think uh, Maul is sad that he that when Obi Wan chopped him in half, he lost he lost his Darth balls? <laughs> that been, I mean, that, that that's that probably why he's all about trying to kill Obi Wan. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, dude! I can't even get a nut anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's why he's so angry all the time. Yeah. I mean, I'd be angry too. <laughs> He has no way to relieve that tension. Yeah. <laughs> God. Okay. I I think we're done, Jay. I, yeah. I mean, we, yeah. Yeah. Probably. It, we we've uh, we're like ten minutes short, but I mean, do your own ten minute podcast, people. Like, don't don't look at us for all your needs. Yeah, and I'll go back and listen to the, like, 10 or 20 minutes overtime that the last two episodes went. Yeah. Go go listen to the Overcomer episode again. <laughs> that was mm. a good one. Yeah, remember that that movie exists and is out there waiting for you to watch it. Yeah. Go... <laughs> go overcome the sea, man. Mm. I... I mean, that was the high point for us, right? I mean, we're never going to get there again. Mm. No, it's all downhill from episode 100. Yeah. I mean, Darth Paul was, an, was a nice joke. I will I mean, I'm proud of that one, but I mean, mm. Overcome the Sea Man was lightning in a bottle. <laughs> now I'm just thinking about if they made a Paul Blart 3 and they had a Darth Maul <laughs> version of him and it's called Blart Paul. Oh god! <laughs> and, and, it, and it's just the lightsaber kid with his double-ended stick, <laughs> and that's Blart Paul. It's it's Kevin Smith in the in the makeup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he like chops his own foot off with the lightsaber. <laughs> wait, and he's wait, threatening he the ball for some reason. He gets his bottom half uh, replaced with the Segway. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like his torso's propped up on the handlebars. Yeah. Oh, man. No. <laughs> his, his lightsaber um, is in the handlebars like they extend out. Mm. Okay, so he just has to spin on the Segway to do his like yeah. twirling tricks. Yeah. Like he tries to use the force, but everything he pulls to him just hits him in the head. Mm. Or it's just fart jokes. Yeah, he's, he's using the fart. Like using the he, force. He, he's 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 meditating, and um, like after he meditates for like three seconds, he always farts. <laughs> yeah, but the fart knocks something over, like a force push. Yeah, or like he 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 uses the force to push the fart. At, at the bad guy's face. And that's that's what yeah. that's how he wins. Yeah, he just like grabs his fart and throws it with the force. Yeah. 
We're bad. <laughs> that so, would be okay, a nice... Okay, so we'll just wait two weeks and see, we'll, we'll let the listeners know if Happy Madison has contacted us with a job yet to write Paul Blart 3. Hey, Adam, Kevin, give me a call. I, I think we're on a first-name basis now, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, if they want this idea, we'll have to be. Yeah. Fuck you, Adam Sandler. Call me. Yeah. Bitch, you won't. <laughs> he, it's funny because he actually won't. <laughs> mm. Obviously. But, um... We're... I don't, I don't know. Like... Jade, you're you're a you're a thunder cunt or whatever. Sure. I don't know. Yeah, can we call that a, an episode? Yeah, uh, we need something to end on. Something strong. We we um, don't ice skate uphill, cunts. I don't know mm. what. Yeah. Um, um. Dig for your cheese. <laughs> That's it. Dig for your cheese. Just not in places you shouldn't. Mm. Like like your butt. Yep, that's Wash it. your that's cheese we... before eating it. <laughs> if, if you have to dig for your cheese, please do wash it before eating it. Especially if it's out of your butt. No. Oh. <laughs> Wait, Jake. Did you see the video of the guy who put cheese in a chocolate fountain? Um, no. <laughs> I'll I'll have to show it to you. Keep this in. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that that'll be uh, the audience's dig for that video. See if you can find it. the worst way to end a podcast. <laughs>